open your Bibles again to Psalm number 44. Uh, this is a message I would just like to sit down with every, especially young people and young couples, and just, just reason with you uh, from uh, this uh, chapter of uh, Psalm number 44. I'm not sure if you noticed uh, a drastic change from verse number 8 to verse number 9. But there is a change as they go from praising God for what he had done in their life. And then in verse number 9 he says, But thou hast cast off and put us to shame and goest not forth with our armies. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, Our Fathers Were Right. Our fathers were right. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help me as I preach the message this morning. My heart's desire is to preach it in a way that every person can understand what the Bible is saying in Psalm number 44. And then, Lord, I ask that not only we would understand its truth, but each of us at our age or stage in life would take that truth and apply it to our lives. May it affect our thinking and affect our behavior. Holy Spirit of God, I hunger for your fullness and a hunger for the power of the Holy Spirit as I preach your word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Psalms were the Hebrews' song book of the nation. This is a song of the nation of Israel, and it would be what we would refer to as a patriotic song. There are songs that we sing about our nation that we refer to as patriotic songs, and we sing them uh, Fourth of July, maybe Memorial Day, and other days that when we recognize that perhaps those that have or those that serve in the military or we recognize uh, our nation, uh, this would be a patriotic song. It would be even a patriotic uh, prayer. It was not only about their nation, but it was about their nation and its relationship to God. You see, God had blessed the nation of Israel. He's the one that made them a people. He made them what the Bible calls a priestly nation. All the nations of the world would be blessed through and by the nation of Israel. And we have been. All nations have been blessed through the nation of Israel. They have been a mighty and a powerful people. Israel was a nation that was, uh, that was revered, uh, that was respected, and that was even feared. However, this was not a song or a psalm of victory or triumph. It was a song of prayer and even a song of lamentation. Not only would it classify as a patriotic song, a, a, uh, a lamentation, it would also be prayers of questions to God because there had been a change in what they had experienced in their nation. 
Perhaps this was sung on a national day of prayer. Uh, perhaps it was sung by a people uh, that had known well the history of the nation of Israel and had recognized uh, that there were changes uh, uh, taking place in their nation. For you see, they had recently suffered a great military loss. Uh, they had suffered a loss where many of their soldiers uh, were lost and their land was shamed by the enemy. Uh, they were a nation of God and they'd never experienced this before. And all of a sudden they'd lost a battle. Uh, all of a sudden they had lost soldiers and uh, the, the, uh, the enemy had taken uh, uh, soldiers that were not killed captive and had sold them to other countries in mockery of the nation of Israel. Uh, do you get the picture? Are you with me this morning? Uh, the chapter is divided into four parts that make it easy to outline and to understand the passage as well as to make a proper application uh, for us today. First of all, the first eight verses tell us of the great history of the nation. We read in our reading just a little while ago of how good God had been. They had not trusted in themselves. They had not trusted in their might. But God had wrought the victory in the nation of Israel. Since their deliverance from Egypt, God had shown his mighty hand of power. Uh, we have in our nation, uh, have been, and I am still uh, fascinated by the war stories that we hear uh, from our uh, generation of veterans and of the books of the stories uh, that we read. It's amazing to read of America's independence. It's amazing to read of, of uh, the miracles that God performed uh, on our behalf. I always enjoy meeting veterans, especially those uh, that have served in wartime. Uh, last Saturday morning, I had a funeral here uh, in the church auditorium, and one of the relatives of uh, the deceased was, I think he told me, 91 or 92, and uh, he had uh, come to the funeral, and uh, his, one of his friends that was with him said, introduced him to me and said, He's a Marine. Now, there never was a Marine, and I've, I've learned by mistake saying, oh, you were a Marine. No, I am a Marine. And so uh, I, I, I complimented him for being a Marine. And he told me this story. He said, uh, four of us teenage boys uh, on the north side of Lexington, uh, we were eating at a dairy bar kind of a place, and we decided uh, that we would join the Marines one day. And so we went in, we asked the recruiter, if we join together, can we stay together in the military? Of course, he promised us everything we asked for. Now, those of you that have any experience with the military, you're laughing because he was lying. And uh, they did get to ride the bus together to boot camp. And he said after boot camp, I never saw him again. Until the war was over, two of them died. And uh, one of them is my friend today. It always, I always enjoy hearing any story. Because I believe America has been a nation like Israel that's been blessed of God. 
I believe that. I, I believe our nation, I, I believe there are many wars as you go through them. Uh, you could say there's no way we could have won that outside of God's hand on our nation. And I'm grateful for that. And our fathers were right to tell us of God's goodness of what God has done. In addition to that, I want to say I've also learned from past generations of the goodness of God in our churches. And I've learned this book from some great men of God. Dr. Lewis Arnold was a founder of our church. He preached all the way through his 101st birthday. and always enjoyed hearing him preach. Always enjoyed hearing men of God preach that had preached 40 and 50 and 60 years. My good friend, Bobby Robertson, who is in heaven today, he was a pastor of the same church for right at 63 years. I learned from those men the great doctrines of this book. I learned about the local church. I learned about the power of the Holy Spirit. I learned about the fullness of the Spirit. I, I, I learned about the King James Bible. I learned about uh, this book and how wonderful it has been to learn those things from our fathers. Today being Grandparents Day, I want to say I'm thankful for the things that I've learned from generations past. Are you with me this morning? I'm thankful for that memory. When you go to the second part of the psalm, it seems all of a sudden that God has forsaken them. I want you to stay with me and reason with me. It seems that God had forsaken them because they had lost a battle. Now, God had always been their invisible warrior. Do you remember the story of Joshua as he was going to battle? And he saw a soldier with a sword drawn. Here's what the Bible says in Joshua 5, 13 and 14. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And it was God in form of a soldier saying, I'm not uh, just on your side, I'm the captain of your side. And of course, Joshua went into battle and they won the battle. God had always been that invisible warrior. Uh, but now uh, they'd suffered a defeat. Uh, some, of their, uh, some of their men were prisoners of war. And uh, Israel was being mocked and uh, this group right here was a tad confused because they had suffered a loss. I want to say number three, the third part of the chapter is verses 17 through 22. Uh, these were a people of faith in God. They were shaken in their faith, but they were a people of faith in God. It had been well documented that past defeats were the result of sin in the camp. And yet in this chapter, this was a group of people, they had not turned to idols for help. They had not trusted in the arm of their own flesh. They had not trusted in horses and chariots. They had trusted in God, but here they had suffered a defeat. Now it's very interesting if you'll look with me at verse number 11. They say, thou hast, they're talking to God, 
This is a song they're singing. It's a patriotic song. It's about their nation. It's about their nation's relationship to God. And the Bible says, verse number 11, Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat and has scattered us among the heathen. Mark your place there and turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 because Paul uses verse number 11 as he writes this letter to the Christians that are at Rome. Now we're talking about suffering a defeat and they described it like this. They said, Lord, when we went to battle, we, it didn't seem like we were just sheep ready for the slaughter. I mean, we, we didn't just lose, we lost. I mean, we, we, we were defeated, we were humiliated. And Lord, it's a bit confusing because you've always been our invisible soldier. You have always helped us win our battles. Now, please stay with me. There's an application, I believe, that's very important for today. Now, Paul took verse number 11, talking about sheep for the slaughter, and he gives that in his letter to the Christians at Rome and provides for us even more commentary and explanation on what it means. Go to verse 35, if you will. Some of you have read this passage before, no doubt. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, anytime you see that phrase, it's a reference to the Old Testament. As it is written means it's already written. I'm going to make a reference to a statement from the Old Testament. As it is written, this is Psalm 4411. For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. The enemy said Israel this time is a bunch of sheep and we are going to take over the nation of Israel. The onlookers who hated Israel and this would equate to the people today who hate God and they hate the preachers and they hate the Christians and they hate the church. Uh, this would equal them and they say look at there. Uh, they were defeated and God let them down. I want you to notice the next verse. Nay. <laughs> mistake you made a wrong accounting you just think you won you just think you took over God's people you just think because a few of them were killed you just think God lost control I want you to notice what he says nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul is saying not even in seeming defeat or death can the devil separate us nor anything else separate us from the fact that God loves us. Now stay with me this morning. There are times in history that God has allowed what seemed to be a defeat or what seemed to be a failure to come that actually was not a defeat. It was not a, a, a failure. It was the introduction to a victory to come. 
For example, when they stoned Stephen the deacon, a preacher of the gospel, they thought they were ridding the world of a preacher. They laid his clothes at a young man's feet was Saul of Tarshish. Saul of Tarshish was going about persecuting the Christian and persecuting the church. But when he saw Stephen, not in his life only, praise God, but even in his death, praise God, no doubt the death of Stephen had a part to do with God's convicting work in the heart of Saul of Tarshish and on the Damascus road was converted and while the devil rejoiced in the defeat of Satan, he didn't know that God was just using that to introduce to the world the greatest preacher that would ever preach outside of John the Baptist and here's the purpose of the whole message this morning. You may have heard your forefathers tell you how great and powerful and wonderful God is, but in your life you have suffered a setback, a failure, a disappointment, and you're questioning God. You're questioning your forefathers saying, well, I don't know if this is right or not. I don't know if I should hang in there with God. I don't know if I should stay in church or not. Friend, I'm here to preach to you and tell you today God suffers no defeat. God suffers no failure. And even what the devil would celebrate as a defeat is nothing but God showing us he's in control in life and death. Are you with me this morning? We should still trust God. The psalmist came to the place and as you read through this psalm and others connected to it, the psalmist came to the place. He said this, I shall not be moved. Though I, sing, though, though I experience what may seem to be a failure, and may I say today as we look around us in this world and there are things that frustrate us and there are things that dishearten us in our nation and in our world, I want to say to you today, our God, even in all of that, is still in control. Don't you let the rejoicing of the enemy make you think God's losing power or running behind. Sadly, there are many who turn from God when things don't go their way. There are many who doubt what our fathers have told us in times of difficulty. We can't always explain the so-called tragedies of life, especially those that happen to God's people and especially those things that happen to even good people. But Romans 8.28 is still in the Bible. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. There are those here today, you've suffered some difficulty. You've suffered what you may see as a defeat. I want to say to you this morning, don't lose faith in God. Have faith in God. Take your Bibles and go with me to Isaiah 50, verse number 10. You'll want to mark this verse in your Bible. 
every generation, even our forefathers, suffered defeat and difficulty. Now, when we rehearse the past, we tell of victories, do we not? We love to hear, I love to hear those war stories. I remember being at Pearl Harbor some years ago and uh, watching the video there at Pearl Harbor and uh, to see the kamikaze attack on Pearl Harbor and to see how then America responded. And not only did we defeat them, we helped to win the war. You swell up with pride on the inside to realize you see, here's what we do. We look at World War II and we say we defeated the enemy. We also had some casualties. Do we, not, do we not decide that even in the tragedy, it was a part of the triumph? Some men paid the ultimate price for our freedom. Is that not a part of the victory? Certainly it is. And the difficulty you and I may face today and the frustrations we may see around us today, I want to remind us that God is still in control. Have faith in God. Amen. Isaiah 50 verse number 10. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant? Notice this phrase that walk in darkness and hath not light. You're trusting in God, but life is dark. You're trusting in God. You're expecting to see and understand, but you don't. That walketh in darkness and hath not light. Here's the instruction. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Don't doubt God. Don't doubt his power. Don't doubt his sovereignty. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, never doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. What God told us in the light will carry us through the darkness. So in your darkest days, in your deepest valleys, in the times when it seems as the psalmist recorded in this patriotic song about the nation of Israel that had suffered a defeat, in our times of difficulty, let's not lose faith in an almighty God. I know many today that are suffering through a difficulty of life. There are those that I am praying for today that are going through valleys. And I'm praying not only for God to give them grace to go through the valley, I'm praying that they'd not lose faith in God. Don't lose faith in God in the valley. There are those who have just faced the death of a loved one. There are children at home today whose father's funeral was yesterday. It's a lonely day. Dad's chair is empty. Dad's clothes hang in the closet. It hurts. It's a valley. Wives today hurt because of the loss of a husband or a husband because of the loss of a, of a wife. I know of several today Asking God for a child. Asking God to give them children. I know of several today 
that have prayed that and God has not yet answered that prayer. And while they rejoice in the birth of others, they hurt asking God, Lord, would you give us a child? Some have physical ailments. There are folks that are watching me right now. They would be in this church service, but physically they're hurting. They're suffering pain. They're going through a difficulty, and sometimes the devil whispers to their ear and said, God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. That's why Psalm 44 was written. That's why Isaiah 50 was written. That's why Psalm wrote, uh, That's why uh, 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 Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans chapter 8 and said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he said, uh, Nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Some have had goals in life and you have not reached your goals. And some realize some goals in life will never be reached. Some, their marriage didn't turn out as they planned. Some carry disappointments in life. And life and others have been different than what you expected and what you desired. Some have had those that have deceived or misled them. And there is a hurt because a parent or a brother or a sister or a child has broken your heart. There are those here today who have wayward children and wayward grandchildren that they did do all they could to rear in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And you feel as Israel did when some of their brothers had been taken captive and sold as slaves and some had died on the battlefield and they thought, Lord, have you forgotten us? Have you turned your back on us? The psalmist concludes, nothing Nothing can take away the power, the providence, and the sovereignty of an almighty God. I say to us this morning, let's just trust him anyway. Do I understand all things? No, we don't understand. Sometimes our heart is broken and sometimes the rest of a night is disturbed by a broken heart and a time of tears and we've, and we've wept ourselves to sleep and we wonder, oh God, why don't you hear our prayer? Oh God, why don't you answer our prayer? Oh, but listen, even in difficulty, we'll lift our voice and we'll praise his name and say, even though everything is not to my liking, I still trust in God. I'll still praise his name. I may not be able to rejoice in all things. I may not be happy in all things. But I do believe my God is still in control. I want to say four things. In less than 60 seconds, I want you to hear these statements as I close. Living for God is the best life regardless of the difficulties. Living for God is the best life regardless of the difficulties. Number two, God does love us. He loves us in the good times and the bad. He loves us on the mountain. He loves us in the valley. God does love us. Number three, whatever the circumstance, whatever the condition, God's in control. God's in control. Sometimes we look at our nation, we look at the pure foolishness, the pure, 
the, the pure ignorance and the stupidity. One fellow said, I'd thought about turning in my guns, but I did a background check and I found that nobody in government were mentally capable of taking my guns. Amen. So I kept them. God's still in control. And I say, number four, trust him. Trust him. Sometimes it's tough. You sit down in the dentist's chair. It's hard to do what they say. One lady said, just relax. And I want to say, you sit down here and let him put both hands and a hammer drill in your mouth. Let me tell you to relax. Trust him. Stand with me this morning. Stephen's stoning may have appeared to be God letting them down. But God was still in control. And he's in control of my life and yours. Today. Heavenly Father, I pray that today you would help us to understand our fathers were right. Everything they told us about you is right. You are a great, wonderful, powerful, almighty, sovereign God. Sometimes, Lord, we go through valleys of hurt and pain, but you're still a great God. I pray, Lord, if there are those here this morning, they've never trusted you as your Savior today, that they would trust you as their personal Savior. Then, Lord, if there are those here today, they're saved, they have faith in you, but they've been doubting you because of difficulty in their life, I pray that they would find a place to put a bended knee to the ground and say, Lord, I'm going to keep on trusting you even in difficulty. I pray, Lord, for those here today that have been saved and not yet baptized, I pray, Lord, that you'd help them and others that need to make spiritual decisions that they would be made as Holy Spirit, you have worked in our heart to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.